Welcome to freescripturebook.org, the knowledge of God. My name is Jeff, and we're studying judgment, and we're on the day of judgment, not a day we want to be a part of. We want to be part of the day of the Lord. Those days are often interchanged. The day of the Lord, the day of judgment is actually the same day, but the day of the Lord is really um, um, for Jesus to separate uh, the sheep from the goat, to separate those who, who, who love him, on, on, on protecting them during judgment, and to judge those who not only sin against God and refuse the gospel of Jesus Christ, but he just judges them because they refuse to pardon, to free pardon. So let's read Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hasting the coming of the day of God? Because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and new earth in which the righteous in which righteousness dwells. Amen. So first thing it says, the day of the Lord and the coming day of God, it'll become like a thief. But it says right there, um, we, oh, we did talk about that before, but it says those who are walking the light, that's another scripture, those who are walking the light, it's not going to come to us like a thief because we saw him coming. Jesus even, even gave a parable, about a, a parable about a servant at the door watching for the master to come home. But the servant says in his heart that the master is going to take a while. So the master left the door and went, went into wild living and beating the other servants and when when the master did come back the servant was at the door and and he received judgment so of those of us who are waiting for the lord or looking for his coming or in relationship with him know that know that the hour is nearby jesus knock on the door we we open the door let him in you know then he's not going to come to us like a thief but the rest of the world is not going to know what hit him this is all talking about that, that the roof of roar and, and elements will be destroyed of intense heat, a burning, cleansing, heat, you know, fire cleanses. But God's people, you know, are getting ready, are stepping up, up holiness and godliness and, and time. So we need to step up in our holiness. You know, we are holy. God says, be holy for I am holy. We can't get there on ourselves. And not a, holiness is not, you know, women wearing dresses and, and refusing to wear pants or men keeping their sh hair short and women keeping their hair long or keeping it in a bun or you know uh, uh, holiness is not an outer appearance holiness is from the heart and god makes us holy and oh and we need to walk in that holiness and it's a, it's a thing of the heart and not a, a outer appearance and godliness godliness and and time is also uh, speeding up or giving ourselves to more godliness and less and less gaudiness <laughs> more godliness and less more you know um carnal things carnal is not a bad word carnal seems to be natural you know but so often we as christians give ourselves to carnal things means the cares of this world trying to you know trying to take care of ourselves trying to keep care of our family trying to get the you know just go another year or doing that kind of stuff the script talks about that old carnal and when the cares of the world can actually steal the word of god out of our heart and so as the days progress, as the days get closer to the day of the Lord, uh, get closer to the day of judgment, you know, we're going to turn more into godliness. We're going to see that a whole lot of things simply just do not mat matter. Uh, stepping up of holiness and godliness in time, looking for something new and not a renovation. So we're looking for something new and not a renovation. God is going to create a new heavens, a new earth. And we did talk about that before. You know, and so... so um, so let's jump down to Amos chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. 
I'm going to read the first part, or I'm going to part it right in the middle. It talks about the day of the Lord. It says, as you are belong, or as you long for the day of the Lord, for what purpose will that day of the Lord be for you? It will be darkness and not light. So the day of the Lord is a positive day for those who are in Christ. But there are some people that are waiting for that day that are not in Christ. And it says, it says why are you longing for it? Why are you waiting for it? Because uh, for to you to be darkness and not light. But for us Christians who walk in the light... Jesus is not coming along like a thief. If you catch the thief, you're going to catch a thief, you know, in the dark. But if the light is on, and that's one of the uh, things that uh, a lot of uh, thieves do not come, is when the house is well lit, that the thief is going to be caught if, if he does come in the light. So thieves like the, like the, the cover of darkness. So it will be darkness to those who are not walking the light. So this Amos uh, chapter 5, verses 16 through the 23. says, Therefore, thus say the Lord God of hosts, the Lord, there is a wailing in all the plazas. In the streets they say, Alas, alas, they all, which means mourn, mourn. They will also call the farmer to mourning and the professor mourners to lamentation. So they have professional mourners. How would you like to have that job, 9 to 5, professional mourner? Okay, I digress. And in all the vine vineyards there is wailing, because I pass through the midst of you, says the Lord. You who are belonging for the you who are longing for the day of the Lord, for what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not as light. As when a man flees from a lion and a bear meets him, or goes home and leans his hand against the wall and a snake bites him, will not the day of the Lord be darkness instead of light, even gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I reject your festivals, nor I do I delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. So there's going to be a great morning, you know, on that day. And he's asking, why are you looking for Jesus to come back? I mean, you're not abiding in his rules. You have a mental assent to him, but you're not loving him. You're not living for him. You can't tell, you know, some people say, yeah, I, I, I know I, I love God. But you look at that person and look at somebody who denies God and you can't tell any difference. I mean, I've had people I've worked with, you know, for years. And one day they, they say, well, they're a Christian. And I'm going, wow, okay. I wouldn't have known if you didn't tell me. Expecting light, you may get darkness. If you live in the darkness, that's what you're going to get is darkness. If you live in the light, then that great day of the Lord is going to come. It's going to be a little bit brighter than you, you think, but it definitely is. But since you're walking the light, you're going to recognize it. And when it rains, it pours. Have you heard of that before? It says, when a man flees from a lion and a bear meets him. Isn't that just my luck? I escape one you know, area of death and I walk into another. One goes home and leans his hand against the wall and snake bites him. So that's going to be, you're not going to be able to escape one way or another. During Jeremiah's time, and they're all being gathered up and taken uh, uh, taken to uh, uh, Babylon. And there's some, the poor people were left behind. And uh, Jeremiah told them they need to stay here because if they go to Egypt, they're going to be destroyed there. But they were so afraid that God was going to you know, destroy them there. And God had mercy on them, leaving them there to stay, even poor. They decided to go off to to go off to Egypt where Nebuchadnezzar couldn't reach and Nebuchadnezzar did reach there and they were killed by the sword and some of them were killed by animals and some of them, you know, disease or starvation because they ran from one place right into, uh, right into the judgment of another place because they refused to walk in the light that was given to them. So if, if not one thing, then another. Religion, religious relationship, are you religious relationship? Those people are being religious and say, I wish Jesus would come now. It's going to be a day of darkness for you because you're not walking in the light that God has given you. You got to understand, relationship is light as it goes on. Relationship progresses. The relationship grows. 
You know, you, your love should uh, should be greater today than, than yesterday. And Jesus even rebuked the church and says, you know, you've lost your first love. A lot of people get divorced because they no longer love. They fell out of love. But love needs to be inc increased. And it is when it's in relationship and not in religion. Religion is a set of rules of do's and don'ts. You know, if, if your husband got up every morning to his wife and says, here's your rules for the day. How long do you think that relationship is going to last? She's going to be looking for a different husband. But if you're in a relationship, you're going well until something goes wrong, right? You even you even made vows when you're married, and so so even in a relationship there is rules. But the only time a rules is brought is being brought up is when they're being violated on a consistent point that you need to address it, you need to you know confront it, and so that's so we're walking in a relationship. So Jesus doesn't give us the whole Ten Commandments. He doesn't give us all the rules and say, oh, I abide these, and then when I return, you know. If you got most of them checked off, then you can be with me. But instead, God is the one that holds the Ten Commandments. He holds all the other commandments. There's many commandments. And as, as we progress in this, this relationship with Jesus, He addresses one or two of those things that we can get right and allow Him to cleanse us from. Just like He did churches. He says, I have this against you. I have this against you. I mean, God deal with those things. Jesus does the same thing as, as with us as individuals. He doesn't hold up all these rules. And we need to be quit being so judgmental because what the Lord is dealing with us may not be what the Lord is dealing with somebody else. When I used to minister on the street, I say you don't deal with somebody, you know, a a, a, a prostitute about smoking. Smoking is is not the issue with her. The smoking is the prostitution. The smoking is the separation from Jesus. Even the prostitution is not the issue until she understands the you know the gospel. So we need to, you know, we need to know those kind of things. A lot of people are looking, waiting for the Lord to come back, and man, you don't want Him to come back yet <laughs> because you're not ready. Uh, and false worship. There's a whole lot of false false worship going on, and that's why God, back in the end of the day, decided to shut down the churches. Which I believe this is part of the judgments going on right now. We'll talk about more of this on this on you know another episode. You know, I believe that God did uh, shut down the uh, the churches not only out of judgment but out of mercy because God didn't shut down the church. The true church, you know, is not a building. The true church is going to have church with the building, no building in the house, or no house in the field, or no field. But I think there was so much religion going on in the pub, public plaza of churches that God said he just got tired of it, just like he did of here. He says, I reject your festivals, nor do I delight in your solemn assembly. So Easter even got shut down. You know, even though you offer up me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of, of your harps. So I think there was just a whole lot of religion going on in our public spaces at church that God just got tired of it and, and, and was able and, and shut them down. But I believe the shutting down was is also cleansing the separate a separating of sheep and goats because the true church is still worshiping the true church is still giving God glory and praise even away from the public you know plaza. But as we return, some churches have returned. I've been going, I've been going the last two Sundays. As churches you know, return, you're going to find out that the, the people who really love God are the ones really showing up. Those who are just doing religious, a lot of them are going to pass away. And you're going to have other people come to church. So, you know, some of the prodigal sons and daughters are going to return. Remember, read that song, in, uh, that, that, that scripture in Malachi, that the hearts of the Father return to the Son, and the hearts of the Son return to the Father. But also I believe that's mothers and daughters as well. It, you know, it's, it, it's a... It, um, it's a standard that God is God is showing, so 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 I believe the church is coming uh, coming together, and a lot of them are coming together when it comes to Pentecost, and so I think we're going to see a mighty and glorious thing of after this, you know, cleansing that God has done because the church is always a church. 
Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all that happens in the land tremble, and the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. So we need to give this two-minute warning. The church needs to give a two-minute warning to the church, to those who are not ready. You've, you've heard the parable of the of the ten virgins, five being wise and five being foolish. The five were wise, had enough oil. Because I believe that Jesus is coming today, but he may come come tomorrow. So I'm going to be prepared if he doesn't come today, that if he comes tomorrow. But the other five, you know, foolish virgins, they weren't prepared. They just absolutely knew that he was coming today. And when he didn't come today, when he took longer to arrive, they weren't ready, you know, to go through another day. Another day of persecution, another day of hardships, another day of just simply living. So when you give that two-minute warning that we believe that Jesus is coming soon, but we don't know which day or which hour, so we need to be prepared for both days. We need to be prepared for for the going the distance, and I know and and but be ready for the day. Plan for that he's coming today, but also plan that he may not come today. We need to call for holiness. We need to blow the trumpet and call for holiness. That's what I believe that God, you know, I, I'm one of those people that do believe that God put Trump in office. Not because Trump is such a righteous man <laughs> or, and doing everything you know, right. You know, if he's a Christian or not, I don't, I don't know. But, but I do believe that God used him for many different levels. And one of them being the last trumpet of America, blowing the trumpets, you know, that God does do prophetic things to wake up the church. And I believe the trumpet's being blown right now for the church to rise up and, and take our position and take our authority, you know, and walk in the in the in the attributes of the Lord to the fullness of Jesus Christ, it tells us in Ephesians. So that we can see many people saved, so that we can, you know, rise up and be ready and have our robes made white as snow. Jesus coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Well, to get spots out, you 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 know, you know, uh, uh you 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 got to scrub and to get wrinkles out you use a hot iron so some of that stuff's coming so we need to be ready for those things a call a call for holiness surely it is near a day of darkness and gloom we need to let people know this is not the world's not getting better there's come a day of darkness and gloom and so we better be a people of light so we can walk through that darkness and gloom and not touch us joel chapter 1 verses 14 and 20 says, Consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord, Alas, for this uh, for the day, and the day of the Lord is near, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. Has not food been cut off before our eyes? Yes, it's happening right now. At least not on this level. Let me just say, not on this level uh, Joel is talking about, but we are seeing some cutbacks because of uh, our economy tanking right now. Has not food, food been cut off before our eyes? Glad to enjoy the house of our God. You know, that's been cut off too. The seeds shrivel under the clods. The storehouses are desolate. We see that kind of happen too. Farmers are really having trouble now. Some farmers are dumping their milk. Some farmers are, are, are destroying their crops because they can't, there's no place for them to take it. There's no marketplace they can take it. And people say, well, why don't they just sell to the people? Well, people can't even go to farmer's markets right now. And and we have a middleman who goes to them. Farmers go to the marketplace, and the marketplace, you know, sells to us. So a lot of stuff's being lost right now. Right now, I don't think this is the fullness of Joel, what Joel is saying, but we're definitely getting a taste of it. The storehouses are desolate. You know, we're going to start seeing more and more shops that are cleaned out and even uh, going bankrupt. The barns are torn down. No place to store that kind of stuff. For the grain is dried up and the beasts grown. Some people are even killing some of their beasts because there's or their cows or whatever because... They can't afford to, to keep them around. They're, and even though those cows produce, they have no place to sell the products. 
The herds of cattle wander aimlessly because there is no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I cry for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. And it certainly happened in, uh, um, in Australia last, last summer. And the flame has burned up all the trees of the field and the beasts of the field uh, pant for you. And the water brooks are dried up and fires devour the pastures of the wilderness. So Job chapter 1 verses 14 through 20, those days haven't come about worldwide. We are getting a little taste of it now. Nothing compared to what's going to happen here. But we do need to blow that trumpet. We do need to consecrate a fast. We as Christians are called to fast. A fast doesn't get God to change anything, but a fast shows that we cannot live on bread alone, but every word for the priest proceeds from the mouth of God. A fast tells our body that it's not in charge. We are three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Many times we we try to do the opposite body soul and spirit but when we're doing spirit soul and body well many times we need to go on a fast to say spirit first soul second body last but many times we're moved the other way around we we we're at, many times we act like animals all we do all day long is making we go to work to eat we we look around for food all, all thing we're doing is is for for food and life food and life rather than knowing that our life is in christ and not by food alone i cannot live on bread alone i gotta live by every word of the uh, the mouth of god and so fasting helps put us in the right order we're not standing on our head anymore when when god is in order when we're fasting we're putting spirit soul and body and so we're not standing on our head anymore we're not trying to hand walk anymore but we're upright upright with the lord through jesus christ we're fasting we're hearing the word of god more clear more accurately you know, and putting our uh, crucifying our flesh, putting ourselves in in His place, so we can hear God and abide and walk with Him. It's time to get serious. It's, it talks about gather the elders, gather everyone. We need to get together. We need to let everybody know. You know, we are in this together, but we need to move forward together. We can't be going and having separation and division and every single thing and everybody looking out for themselves. We need to come together to worship God together. The day of the Lord is near, but not yet. This is a preview of the day of judgment, a very small preview. Local, judge, uh, local judgment happening worldwide or on display, lack of food. Churches closed, farms lost, grocery stores empty, warehouses taking up space, animals roaming, looking for pasture, which, you know, right now you see, see on the near internet, you know, there's places like mountain lions roaming in cities, goats roaming in cities, sheep roaming, roaming in cities, deer, you know, roaming in cities because it, because it's desolate. I think even Isaiah 35 talks about, you know, streets being desolate and water dried up, which we will see on uh, before the day of the Lord comes. So freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God, be blessed.